Welcome, 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 everybody. The newest episode of Heal Thyself. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for doing everything you can to support this show. Um, really, really exciting rapid fire Q&A that um, I put out a big question box about what questions would you like to ask for the show. And I put together a Q&A uh, segment. And these questions I chose as some of the most relevant ones for all of you. I try to keep them right. There were really specific ones out there. I wanted to keep it nice and relevant so you all understood things you may not know or things you may be suffering with and how to, how to help. So uh, yeah, but before we go into that, I just want to I want to remind you all that you have the ability to uh, practice gratitude. And I say this a lot, but really quickly, I just want you all to make sure, at least for this week, if you don't have a journal, go on Amazon, get one for $5, get a journal. And every morning, immediately when you wake up, leave it right by your night table or by your bed and write down three four, five, even 10 things you're grateful for immediately that you think of when you wake up. And they can be as simple as your feet to as complex as the experience you had uh, with a loved one, whatever it may be. And I just want you to bring awareness to how you feel when you're putting these things out there. And I also want you to bring awareness to what you're writing. So kind of what I do is I'll write, uh, I'll put some gratitude stuff in a journal, and then I'll look in uh, then at night to see and reflect on what I wrote. So be aware of what you're writing, how you feel, and what's really coming out, because that time from waking up to writing is really important. So um, I wanted to remind you, yeah, get a journal if you don't have one. If you do, start writing three, five, 10 things, whatever it may be, and see how your mood changes during the day and how it sets you up for more important uh, decision-making, coming to the day with an open heart. It's really, really powerful exercise, and I just want to share that with you all. All right, so let's get to the Q&A segment. Question number one, what is the best treatment for persistent candida? All right, so those of you who don't know, candida is uh, a yeast that is uh, present in the body. And when our body gets out of whack, it gets out of balance, we, especially in our gut, uh, in our immune system, right? Because these guys are keeping this in check, so it's not overgrowing. But when you're at risk of overgrowth or when it's overgrowing, then you start experiencing these symptoms, right? And a lot of people suffer with this, a ton. Uh, actually, I feel like every other person who came into the office had some sort of symptoms or an overgrowth or dysbiosis with an element of candida, all right? So uh, candida is behind the imbalances like yeast infections, oral thrush that you may see, digestive issues, infections of the skin and nails, and also different co-infections that may rise with it, right? Because these are opportunistic buggers, right? So they'll grow when they're not left in check. And they're not the only ones that are growing, right? There's other opportunistic bugs. So they usually rise together. Um, but yeah, you can also connect candida or candidiasis to generalized symptoms too. Uh, really broad ones like fatigue and headaches and brain fog and irritability, sometimes even overall mood changes, right? But one of the telltale signs I always look for is a really strong craving for sweets. Sometimes it's even insatiable, like you gotta have sweets. Could be different things, right? Blood sugar thing, but pay close attention because it may be connected to the state of your gut health, right? We also have muscle pain, joint pain, and weakness, but that's not it. The list can be massive. So go online and check it out. Um, but the cause can vary, but we have to think of environment, right? We need to go outside of the this for that box and think about how this grows. This fungus grows when there's an imbalanced environment, right? I mentioned the gut bacteria, I mentioned the immune system. So instead of taking antifungals, we gotta address the environment, right? I'm not saying don't take antifungals, they can help, but we need to address the environment. 
So what disrupts the environment? Alcohol consumption, high sugar, high carbohydrates, simple refined, especially, right? Chronic stress, right? There's certain medications out there like oral contraceptives, uh, conditions like diabetes, immunosuppression in folks, right? Antifungals can be really helpful. They can. The problem is this. One, they don't address in the environment, as I said. And two, you can develop resistance to the medication. So I would suggest if you're suffering with this to hook up with a naturopathic or functional doctor and they can give you a physical exam and look at the signs and symptoms and see if it really fits to this overgrowth, right? They might even give you a poop test, right? They get a better picture. We can see what's going on in your digestive system and if there's an overgrowth of that because there are certain metabolites that we can see just how extensive the infection may be. All right. They can put you on a personalized plan, dietary and supplemental, right? Uh, these docs can give you so certain antifungals like ginger, turmeric, ashwagandha, clove, garlic, black walnut, powder arco, caprylic acid, oregano, olive leaf, really powerful antifungals. Ask your doctor. I'm not recommending these, okay? You ask them first, but um, they do a lot for candida. But again, we have to think about the environment. What does the gut look like? What are the chronic insults to the microbiome? The best diet and herbs, they'll do some great stuff, but they won't turn off the fire until you turn off the cause. What is the root cause? So you got to remove the obstacle to healing, not just put a Band-Aid on it. How to protect my mom from COVID and still live my life, I worry about her. It's a very legitimate question. Um, As we know, about 99% of the people who get infected survive. And of that percent, the overwhelming majority have predispositions like obesity, lung disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, et cetera. or they're elderly and immunocompromised. So for me, I would do the same thing I did for my loved ones, and I would strengthen their immune system and respiratory health, make sure it's robust and strong. Um, Check out episode 57 for what I recommended from my side naturopathically. But really, I was encouraging them to go outside from the get-go, get sun daily, get nature daily, put feet on the ground daily, exercise, really, really important. These are the non-negotiables, right? In my opinion, one of the biggest mistakes we made is to encourage people to be inside in a sterile environment and live in fear, right? That's the that's the recipe for infection. And I've been very vocal about this, about how poorly it was all handled. But um, what, what happened was we dragged our feet and we're kind of still dragging it. But I'm happy things are now opening up. Um, and I believe the large majority of folks at this point will be infected at some point, uh, including us if we haven't been. But the large majority will be asymptomatic to having very mild symptoms. And we need to protect the elderly, the immunocompromised, and those with comorbidities. Your opinion on the medical medium diet. This is a a common question. I usually get this on my Q&As, and I don't know why I haven't answered it yet, but I am going to answer it now, or the medical medium as a whole. So I've been pretty consistent with my opinion over the years. I think he's done a good uh, job at pushing holistic views in his healing and promoting more natural ways to do uh, work with the body, which I do love. Um, I heard his recipes are really well designed and they're tasty. Um, I do have some certain, some concerns about uh, the medical medium. And my, my worry is this, that people hang on and to believe every single one of his words, like scripture. And that can be kind of dangerous. Um, for me, I say, look, even for me, I say, if I say something, look it up, check with other professionals, right? And I've said many times on the show, if what I'm saying doesn't resonate, then it may be my truth, but not yours. So there is always a danger if there's a cult following, because every word is held on to like scripture. And I think I see a lot of that happening in the medical medium world. Um, Also, I know a lot of people who've done the protocols and they've gotten more sick and it didn't work. And the danger there is that they're not seeking out proper medical attention from trained professionals, right? Especially if they're really, really sick. So if you're super sick, I would 
I would not put all the eggs in one basket with that protocol um, because there's no guarantee, especially from a medical standpoint, medical trained standpoint, professional, um, that it would be safe or efficacious. And I think the third one is that you can't really argue with belief, right? So on positive people out there are getting better. I've actually heard people get better, which is wonderful. I love that. But then I question, are they getting better because they're just putting nutrition in their body? right? Um, where were they before this? So are results happening because you're just removing the cause, right? Removing that, the, that's what's blocking your healing and then giving the body what it needs because the principles will stay the same. I don't care if it's medical medium. I don't care if it's Mark Hyman. I don't care if it's Dr. Christian Gonzalez. If you do the principles the same, it doesn't matter how it's happening. It's a matter of what you're doing and how you're giving the body what it needs and removing the cause. All right. So that's, that's just basically my thing. Uh, I, th I do think that he's doing wonderful work and practicing the basic principles of healing. Um, but then again, I, I do believe a lot of wonderful doctors can do the same. So this is, uh, I actually combined two questions because they were right up the same road, but how to manage and cope with loss or grief and where to start to heal emotional trauma and stored emotions in the body? I think it's a great question. I think it's, it's, it's really up my alley too, because it's something that I've been really pushing and talking about a lot more in the past year, year and a half, um, because I do believe that when it comes to disease, the physical is the, the last manifestation of what's going on internally. So it stands to believe that one of the main interventions we need to make is in the mind and in the body. So uh, inevitably, I think it's relevant, this question is relevant for all of us at some point, because we're going to lose someone, right? We're going to experience death. Uh, and for me, the most important thing that we can do is allow it, number one. Me personally, I resisted allowing it for eight years. It beat me up. I carried a giant weight. You know, I've developed uh, psoriasis. And uh, if you don't allow yourself to sit with those emotions, you're going to suppress it. And if you're suppressing emotions, well, that can be a driving force for the development of disease. Um, the holding in of chronic stress is slow. It's insidious. It's like a chemical leak in a beautiful garden, right? Many shamanic tribes actually believe that the root cause of cancer is this suppressed emotion. I mentioned this before uh, on, my, on my story just about a week ago that I developed psoriasis four months after my mom passed. And I tried the top protocols, the top diets. I spoke with the top skin doctors, right? And then at some point I snapped my finger and it, and it just hit me and I go, this is not physical. It never was physical, right? It was just a manifestation of what was going on internally. And this is so relevant for, especially for us men, right? We don't know how to channel that emotion or energy in motion. And it's frowned upon, right? Especially in these hyper-masculine toxic cultures like mine, the Latin culture, right? That toxic masculinity is making us and keeping us sick. So the key, what I'm trying to say is sitting and surrendering to the presence of those feelings first, literally surrendering. And surrendering could be very difficult um, because what we're taught to resist we're taught to resist that which we label bad, that which we label scary. But the very act of surrendering is super powerful because what you're doing is you're opening the door and looking at those emotions and allowing them to come in, sit with them, giving them gratitude, giving them love, and then allowing them to leave. Therefore, you're integrating it in a healthier way, right? Because what you're doing is telling your body that your brain is allowing the movement of those emotions, of that suppressed energy. And when you allow that man, that is when healing really starts beginning. And I promise you, I don't care who you are, I don't even care if you're a crier every single day, we do all have some sort of suppressed emotion or suppressed trauma that we hold on to. And that's a beautiful thing because when emotions flow, that can be cathartic, not only mentally, but again, physically. So then you're addressing that chemical leak that's going on in that beautiful garden. So sit with yourself, surrender, invite it, feel it, 
integrate it, repeat it, okay? How to fix clogged sinuses naturally, right? Like, like, those, like pipes. Um, if your sinuses are clogged, this is, we have to address the cause, right? There's different causes. Is it dietary? Have you tried removing inflammatory foods, processed foods, dairy, even gluten, right? All these can be inflaming to the mucosa. How about your environment? I talk about this a lot, right? Mold exposure. That's one of the top symptoms with mold exposure is sinus inflammation and congestion. So do you have an air purifier? Have you addressed mold? Have you looked for, have you even looked for mold? Um, and Think about it. When is it better for you? When is it worse? Is there an issue when you're breathing at night? Is it because you're breathing with your mouth open? Does mouth taping solve it? Um, what makes it better? What makes it worse? These are all things you have to be on top of instead of just being like, oh, no, you know, I have sinus congestion today. Really stick to it and find out, right? So it's, an, it's, it's not just an intervention. It's an investigation first to find out what the root is and address the cause and support the body. Same, same modalities, same, same way we're approaching everything. Get your phytonutrient-rich foods, colors of the rainbow, right? If you're eating crappy, hydrate. One thing I really love, and ask your doctor, N-acetylcysteine is really powerful at decongesting. So ask your doctor about that. Steam inhalations uh, with a little bit of organic essential oil is really nice at clearing the sinuses too. And some folks may even have severe congestion. So even a nebulizer with different natural agents can be really powerful too. I've seen it help many people. So talk to a professional. The same medical advice, all right? How to get rid of allergies, not just treat it. So first and foremost, go back, check episode 46. You'll see I talked about allergies. I talked about them being absolutely reversible because I've reversed my allergies. I've reversed people's allergies, patients that I had, and I've done it many times over. Uh, one of the main focus is the gut, the gut, the gut. You got to heal the gut. You got to address the gut. If your gut's off, that's a big problem, right? Because the gut helps mediate reactions to allergies. And this is where your focus needs to start. You can't just rely on antihistamines, put that Band-Aid on and go, oh, I feel great, but then when I'm off of them in our own allergy season, then they start coming back. So optimize your digestion and start with the mouth. Make sure the stomach is acidic and strong. Make sure your pancreas, your liver, your gallbladder are working in conjunction and robust and really strong. It's like dominoes. From the minute you swallow, all of these organs are ready to work. Make sure you're not grazing between meals. Make sure you're pooping daily, right? You got to address what is the imbalance. Like the candida question, right? You got to address what's the imbalance. Diet, lifestyle, medication, stress level, infections all need to be addressed. But what I found, like I said, optimization of the gut, getting rid of the allergies, so, so important. How do you deal with online hate from those with an opposing viewpoints? And I think it's a good question because we can just expand on it. It doesn't even have to be online, just hate from opposing viewpoints. And I had a guest on this show last summer, a very close friend of mine, Rochelle Webb, uh, and she spoke about just showing up in relationships, open heart, love. Um, and she once told me, she said, Christian, if you don't have haters, then you ain't doing it right. And it's true right? Because inevitably you will have someone with an opposing view and they'll believe it. And it can be true for them. It can be their absolute reality, maybe not yours, but it's kind of freeing that when she said that, because I had a massive tidal wave at the time of so much bounce back after this post I did. But the bottom line is this, for you to know what you stand for, what you believe, what you want to share with others, you need relativity. It's a must. You need relativity. In other words, what I'm trying to say is for your opinion to exist, you need the opposite of your opinion to be true. Therefore, your truth would not be real if it was not for the very people opposing you, right? Because we live in a realm of relativity, not absolute. So instead, now you have the choice where you can be grateful. You can be deeply grateful for people in opposition because you need them as much as they need you. 
Isn't that freeing all of a sudden? Because now when you let go of resistance and you let in gratitude for opposing views or quote unquote hate, then you understand for you to do what you do, be what you do, say what you do, you need them in your life. That feels good. Is melatonin good to take before bed? How about kids? All right, melatonin I have a love-hate relationship with, I'm gonna be honest. Um, melatonin is a hormone that's released at night and makes us sleepy, right? That's what, that's what makes us tired when melatonin is up and cortisol is down and cortisol wakes us up and melatonin is down when we're waking up. So it's also very healing and protective to our entire system, the whole system. Every organ benefits from melatonin, our immune system benefits from melatonin. But here's why. It works really nicely for some folks, for sure, and it's actually considered safe. You can, you know, you can buy it at any store, but there's also the myth that you, if you keep taking it, your body shuts down melatonin production and then you get addicted to it. It doesn't work. It's not like a sleeping pill. But there are a few things that I worry about. Melatonin's a hormone. It's not a vitamin. It's not a mineral. It's a hormone. So I get kind of weird when there's hormones being unregulated and sold. And you can buy it at pretty high doses. Um, so physiologically, melatonin is super healing to the body, as I mentioned. Uh, I did speak about the pineal gland on episode 42, go, that go into detail about all this. But it does have some side effects, it can. One thing that I saw a lot in patients was uh, vivid dreams and nightmares. They would have very vivid dreams and nightmares. Me personally, I can't take melatonin because last time I took it, I kid you not, I woke up folding clothes. I woke up to me folding clothes on my bed. So melatonin does not work well for me, but you can also have things like next day grogginess, headaches, mood changes. Um, but if you're on medication also, you need to check if you can even take melatonin, right? Your doctor should be cross-referencing that. As far as children, I think we need more long-term studies on them, right? I personally think it should be okay for the short term. It can be okay, but for long-term, you gotta be very careful. Talk to your doctor about it. Um, also, why not just work on optimizing your own inherent melatonin production instead of just scarfing down some pills? So get yourself blue blockers. That's the number one thing that's gonna help protect you from the blue light that's gonna disrupt your melatonin. Um, there is a red light option on the phone. I turn it on like nine o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. The red light option goes on my phone. There's a way to do it, I don't remember how. Um, and and avoid any other blue lights, just get those blue light blockers on. And then for sleeping, why don't you try first magnesium glycinate, passion flower, serifos, L-theanine, chamomile, right? Meditation journal, breath work. Melatonin should sort of be a last intervention. Um, but uh, again, talk to your doc about those things. That's what I think about melatonin. Best pregnant nausea remedies. A lot of my friends uh, have been pregnant and has suffered through the uh, nausea. So some of the most important things at preventing the nausea is physical activity. You gotta be active, you gotta be active. Uh, every trimester, moving, doing something, doing something for your body every single day, okay? Um, avoiding all the foods, which I mentioned before, those processed, refined foods, high sugary foods, tons of dairy, tons of gluten. Just, just, just take a step back because those things, at the very least, they're creating a climate to promote nausea. Um, avoid caffeine. I would. Uh, make sure you're getting sun exposure, your feet on the ground, make sure you're chewing your food thoroughly without distractions, right? That's going to absolutely start uh, contributing to the nausea. Ginger tea is very powerful. Um, so make sure you're just avoiding caffeinated teas, big time caffeinated teas or a lot of them, and, and have things like herbal teas like ginger tea, uh, ginger chews even. And then just this past weekend, I was at an event. I, I spoke to uh, two women who actually took these Quinton isotonic minerals, which really helped them. They said they never developed nausea, which was interesting that I got this question and I just spoke to these people. 
Um, also, there's essential oils that we used to use in the cancer hospital for folks who had nausea. There's peppermint and ginger essential oils that you can just breathe in whenever you're feeling nauseous. Um, but again, ask your doc about all these things. There are some homeopathics that I've seen can, at the snap of a finger, get rid of the nausea. It just has to be the right one and the right dose, and you got to get a professional to find that for you, okay? How to heal asthma. This is a loaded question, right? It's, it's the same answer. Look for the cause right? And remove those obstacles. Is it digestive dysfunction? Is it dietary? Is it inflammatory foods? Is it dairy? Is it gluten? Are you suffering with SIBO, right? Dr. Mary Pardee spoke a lot at nauseam about SIBO with us. Or you have low levels of stomach acid, overall dysbiosis, that imbalance in the gut. Do you have heartburn, right? Is asthma a reflex to the reflux? Are you exposed to allergens, respiratory irritants at home, right? So I feel like a infomercial selling something, but the truth is, I'm, that's what I'm selling, the truth. Asthma has various causes, all right? So write down a journal of when it happens, grade the severity, where you are, what you're doing, how stressed you are, and any other accompanying symptoms with it, and after two weeks, start looking back at it and see if you find a pattern with foods you're eating, or just how stressed you are. Um, if, it, if it happens every time you're around uh, someone you, you dislike, you gotta, you gotta pay close attention because there's so many different uh, levels at play. Is soy healthy? Well, it depends on who you ask. Many of us believe that tofu or soy will disrupt our hormones, right? What I hear the most, soy is estrogenic all the time. Soy is present in tofu, soy is present in edamame, tempeh, miso. A few points to bring up. Soy is a phytoestrogen. Phytoestrogen is not the same as female estrogens. It doesn't affect us the way you may think. And just because we ingest soy doesn't mean it's exerting estrogenic effects on the body. On the contrary, it's actually protecting us. It's protecting the binding of the form of estrogen that promotes cancers like ovarian and breast. It actually blocks the binding of that estrogen and protects the receptor. That's amazing intelligence coming from nature, right? And this is echoed in multiple Asian studies. We see that women who eat soy regularly lower their breast cancer risk. And I'm gonna mention, actually, there was different variables in that study, so it's not clear-cut across the board, but we do know that women who eat high amounts of soy for a long time have reduced risk of breast cancer, right? So at the very least, it's a very good guide for us. Uh, no, it has not been shown to promote hormonal disruptions, disruptions in sexual development, disruptions of fertility, or even changes in thyroid health. It's the isoflavone constituents that are largely therapeutic that you're getting from soy. So what we see is that it also can even contribute to heart health. It's an excellent source of protein, especially if you're looking to replace animal protein day to day. Lower in saturated fat and cholesterol comparatively, um, but now can everyone tolerate soy? No, some folks actually have a gut bacteria composition which poorly tolerates soy and can create a metabolite which can really sensitize folks. Additionally, soy must always be organic across the board. It's one of the most heavily sprayed crops and I always question to myself, is soy sensitivity really a soy sensitivity or is it a sensitivity to the pesticide, the herbicide, the insecticide? Uh, and it's a good question to ask yourself. So. Make sure you're not taking soy supplements. You don't need that. And the benefit of soy far outweighs any potential cost. So stop being scared of soy. Try it out. It's not going to affect your hormones, but listen to your body. If you're sensitive to soy, then listen to your body. It may be that you can't eat it, or it may be that you just need some healing of your gut and you can eat it in time, but don't be afraid of soy. How do I get an appointment with you? I don't see patients, but you can check naturopathic.org or ifm.org for a naturopathic or functional doctor, respectively. Tips for a tinea versicolor. This is a fungal infection that changes the color of your skin. It's a fungus behind ringworm. Same recommendations as candida and make sure you're getting sun exposure. Can you have green tea matcha while pregnant? This is a good question. The concern is that it affects folate acid absorption uh, more so than the caffeine. But me personally, I practice very, I practice very conservatively. So I would hold off uh, at least for the first trimester. 
and talk to your doctor about prenatals. My favorite one is by Thorne, uh, but don't take a prenatal before or after consumption of the matcha, which can actually, again, block the absorption of that folic acid that you want or the folate, uh, and definitely consult with your doctor before taking matcha if you're considering it. How do I know if my child has parasites? Go back to episode 60, everything you need is there, symptoms and what to do. Best way to deal with chronic heartburn. That was covered on episode 34 for the full rundown, but typically what you wanna do is understand what foods give you heartburn, make the journal, as I mentioned, like the journals. Typically it would be spicy foods, onions, garlic, chocolate, mints. What happens is a lower esophageal sphincter opens up, it relaxes, and there's a backsplashing of gastric acid, and then you get the irritation, you get the symptoms of heartburn. You gotta address the mouth first. How are you eating? Where are you eating? Are you stressed? Are you smelling your food? Are you chewing your food? Um, addressing stomach levels. Heartburn, as I mentioned on that part of the show, on that episode, is not always having too much stomach acid, but on the contrary, the opposite can be true. So just like uh, SIBO can be a mechanism uh, in the small intestine, it's increasing abdominal pressure, opening up that sphincter, and then more backsplashing. So you gotta get to the cause because there's multiple different causes, but listen to the episode for more interventions, all right? Tips on meditation for beginners. Um, one of my first tips and one of the tips I've always been giving beginners is just to sit literally alone. Sit alone. No distractions, no phone, none of that mess. Sit in there you don't even have to get in meditation pose. You have to close your eyes, sit in silence and sort of just be there, right? It's easier said than done because all of a sudden you'll see in that silence how loud your mind is. But sit and observe for as long as you can, right? And then start realizing if you've been running with a thought for 10 minutes and then 10 minutes later you go, wow, what happened? I thought I was just uh, trying to meditate here. You'll see how active your mind is. And I think that's one of the best ways to prep for meditation because all of a sudden people get in meditation pose, they close their eyes and then they experience the, the, the really loud mind and they get frustrated and discouraged. But one thing you could do is just prep yourself by just sitting with yourself first. Uh, so when you close your eyes and get a meditation, now you know your tendencies. You can see them, you can smile at them without judgment and let them go. All right, how to improve your eyesight naturally. So Max Lugavere was here a few months ago and he was talking about the power of lutein. There's a large body of evidence that shows that this carotenoid is really helpful at protecting the eye from long-term damage. You get this in dark leafy greens, peas, summer squash, pumpkins, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, asparagus, lettuce, carrots, pistachios, all the good stuff. You also see the same with uh, zeaxanthin. You get that in green leafy vegetables, particularly kale and spinach and yellow veggies. Astaxanthin is another one that's present in salmon, but you can get in a supplement also. Really, if you're looking at blue screens all day, you gotta, gotta start using blockers, particularly if you're on a computer all day and then you come home and you're on your phone all night, um, because that is absolutely going to affect your eyesight and do the opposite of what you're trying to do with all of these wonderful uh, constituents. So I don't have an affiliation, but I do know I had a really good eye health conversation with the founder of Raw Optics this weekend. He educated me a lot on blue light and long-term eye health. So he spoke about the importance of, again, being in front of a computer and we're making, making sure you're wearing glasses if you do. Um, and I do have some, uh, I might get some from them too. All right, which test do you recommend yearly for healthy patients? This is a good question because a lot of us go, hey doc, what do I do? How do, where do I, I feel pretty good. I just wanna know what, what to look for. Well, everyone can go to their doctor and get a CBC or CMP. That's their yearly physical checkup. You also wanna check your hormones. Um, some of the functional tests that I do recommend is a Dutch test. So you can look at your urine hormones, get a better picture year to year. Uh, Genova NutriVal, you got to look at your micronutrients. This is, a, this is a nutrition status. Where are you at with your nutrition this year, right? Minerals, antioxidants, vitamins, and organic acids. So we could see the state of your, if, you're, if your amino acids are in balance, right? Or if your gut is in imbalance. Um, uh, omega profile, you could see if you're, where your fatty acids are. So it's really, really great test. 
uh, Great Plains. Uh, GPL Tox is another one for exposures, toxic exposures. You could see how they're um, being metabolized in the urine. So really important one. Advice to live to 100. I like that question, right? Who, wants, who doesn't want to live a long, healthy life, right? So community is number one. You got to. Community is, that's what we look at for the blue zones. And we have pretty good idea about their diets. They got some, they got pretty good overall diets, but I mean, not the best, best, right? Um, some of them drink wine. Okay. But they all have community. And that's the most important part, right? They have the support, the sense of something bigger than themselves, right? Self-isolation is the new smoking, not sitting. That's not the new smoking, self-isolation. What we subjected ourselves to the quarantine, that's the new smoking. Make sure you're not doing that all your life. Find your tribe, find your vibe, right? And then vibe with your tribe. Hydrate with filtered water. Get your minerals. Minerals are everything. Get grounded. Every single day without fail, put your feet on the ground. Breathe in nature. Breathe in those particles of fungus, bacteria, viruses. Breathe them in. Train your immune system every single day. Eat whole foods. Eat clean, but not too much. Intermittent fast. Sometimes fast full days, but ask your doctor about this, right? Have a sense of purpose. What are you doing? Are you doing what you're gifted to do? Now imagine living a life where you're doing something you like, or even worse, doing something you dislike. Shit, life is way too short not to do something you love, so make sure you do it. Get in the sun. Daily exposure in the sun. Sun is life, just like water, just like food. That is an equation in your health, and it's not complete unless you've got the sun in there. And one of my most important tips overall, not heal thyself, but know thyself. Be your best self. Be your highest self. Check in with how you feel. Construct how you want to show up each day, every day, every week, every month. Nothing is fixed. You can be a different person tomorrow. Know that there is no right or wrong in this creation right? And make sure your driving force is love, love for yourself, love for others, because you ain't never going to go wrong if you follow that. Take time for rituals. That's the fastest way to remember. The fastest way is just to stop. That's how you live 200. How do you strengthen your bones? Not through milk. Go outside, go in the sun, run, walk, and do some weight-bearing exercise. When will your show on essential oils come out? This summer. How to heal macrocytic anemia. So macrocytic anemia, the way to heal it is make sure you're getting in B12 and folate. Anemia isn't just iron. Uh, so my favorite B12 is the one from Vivo Life, really clean. I looked over there, COA. Um, and folate, I like the one from Thorne, but ask your doctor. Root cause of teeth grinding. Dr. Stephen Lynn and I spoke about this one uh, on an Instagram Live a few weeks ago. And basically what happens is when you're not properly breathing, right, meaning nasal breathing at night, uh, what happens is if you're, you're sleeping with your mouth open and then you're sending signals to the brain, inevitably there are moments when we're sleeping and it's a natural position where we lose proper airflow and that loss of proper airflow, that signal goes to the brain, the brain thinks we're in danger. And one of the mechanisms that happen is we clench and grind our teeth. Certainly, if you're awakening with sore jaw muscles, we gotta look how you're sleeping at night, right? So look into that, listen to that IG Live with Dr. Stephen Lin, and he was also on the show, he talked a little bit about this too. Um, also parasitic infections, uh, one of the uh, symptoms is teeth grinding at night, so get checked for that. What do you think about psychedelics, mushrooms, LSD, ayahuasca? All right, so for those of you who know me, know I'm a huge proponent for these. I believe they're incredibly healing, especially mushrooms and ayahuasca. When taken intentionally though, Right? I don't think there's anything on the planet that compares to what it can do to heal our psyche, period. I believe there are a thousand therapy sessions in one experience. I will do mushrooms a few times a year. I'll do it with intention and I'll do it in a sacred space. And they've given me unfathomable clarity and answers on the connection of who I am, who I am in relation to the world that I experience in nature, what I'm here to do, how to do it, what death is, if I should fear it. That knowing of understanding your deepest part is such a sacred gift that you experience. 
I personally haven't done LSD or ayahuasca, but I'm preparing myself for the latter. Um, I understand that the, the ayahuasca is very intense and I have a few demons that I got to let go before I go there. But uh, medically, we're just, we're seeing just this, right? The researching, the research is actually abolishing old taboos about psychedelics, right? So now we're entering this new paradigm about how they can be used therapeutically. So you can give these safely and effectively. There's major research institutions like John Hopkins and NYU who are the leaders in some of these studies. And we're looking on how it affects major depressive disorder, alcohol dependence, obsessive compulsive disorder, smoking cessation, and even cancer. And I'm talking about well-designed studies showing positive effects, right? The big one was on PTSD and it showed very encouraging effects with folks who, are P who have PTSD are now integrating their PTSD getting rid of it. It's amazing. It's amazing stuff. So the reason I'm so outspoken is because I've shed that taboo a long time ago that parents, teachers, religions, authority figures have taught us about psychedelics because it's old, it's antiquated. It's not the new frontier when it comes to healing, healing the psyche and in medicine. So psychedelics are very therapeutic. I believe they're the most therapeutic agents on earth for healing our psyche. In my opinion, why are they legal? Think about how the world would be if people knew themselves understood their truth and appreciated not only nature, but each other. Think about how many industries would collapse. I'll leave it at that. For your own experience, what are some of your super supplements? Okay, some of my favorite supplements that I take, glutathione for liver and lung health. B vitamins, it's involved in almost every reaction in the body. So, so important. I take both of those from Quicksilver. They're little sprays. Um, Quinton minerals, I take the isotonic and hypertonic to address proper mineral balance in the body. Minerals are everything. Some of the strongest uh, mushrooms I've ever taken, um, medicinal mushrooms, are from Life Cycle. Uh, the shiitake, the reishi, the cordyceps, the shaga, and the lion mane. I'll take those every single day, pretty much every single day. And I take some chlorophyll. I take chlorophyll pearls by standard process every time I'm in the sun. Not only is it protectant, but a kickstarter for my energy production. What is the game plan if California makes COVID vaccination mandatory. The game plan is I move somewhere where it's not. Uh, and if that's everywhere, then I start a commune in the woods where you're all welcome to join. And last but not least, chlorine in pools. Okay. Chlorine in pools, question mark. Yes, it has an effect on the body for sure. The metabolites of chlorine are what affects us, right? So mostly we get it through swallowing water, uh, but we also do get some through skin and inhalation. Kids and swimmers are most at risk. The latter was found to have the presence of those metabolites in their urine pretty quickly within 30 minutes of swimming. So certainly if your child is developing skin issues, asthma, respiratory disease, or you're a swimmer and you're developing these, think about the pool. All right, that was the Q&A, uh, really quick rapid fire show. What I'm gonna do is come back next week, back to the product reviews. We're gonna do that water show part two that was pending. And I got a lot of ideas. We're gonna get, get into the essential oil show. That one's coming up soon. And I'm actually gonna put out some feelers about what you all wanna listen to. So stay tuned for that. Check out the Instagram posts, check out the Instagram stories about the show. Thank you for rating. Thank you for reviewing and subscribing and telling all your loved ones. Write in your gratitude journal and have a wonderful, wonderful week.